Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota, Gulf Coast Business Supply, and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Coast View. You know what? I really enjoyed that conversation with Dr. Nicholas Conger. He has been such a great friend to Coast View. As an infectious disease doctor, I don't know that he ever realized that he would find himself in the midst of a, of a worldwide pandemic. Although, frankly, he prepared for it. He was definitely prepared for it. But as I said during that show, if I were given Coast View gold medals, sort of like the Pulitzer gold medal, if I were given Coast View gold medals, I'd give him one because of his ability to communicate with the public, help people understand in a very practical sense what they should be concerned about and what they shouldn't be concerned about as they focus on protecting themselves and their family. Uh, the, the, the conversations that he and I have had over the past year have been really important. And frankly, his, his personal advice to me when I had COVID, and more recently, as you, if you missed it, you could go back and listen to the conversation we had today. But the, the opportunity to hear from him about sort of this odd, uh, irregular heartbeat that I have as a result of COVID that, uh, that came back up after I had the vaccine. But anyway, I think it's going to be fine, and he's just been a terrific friend. So now let's shift gears and move over to my friend Jeff Duncan with The Athletic. He's covered the Saints longer than anyone else in history. And, Jeff, you know one of the things I was doing this morning? Uh, when you mentioned that your Zion story didn't hit, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, I, I got to reading again the description that they have of you on The Athletic. And uh, it's very impressive. <laughs> well, thank you. It's uh, it. Uh, I threw everything in the kitchen sink in there on that bio when they asked <laughs> me to throw, when they asked me to put it together. Uh, so I'm 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 probably punching above my weight class in there. Well, no, actually, you know, now I, as you know, I know I know the whole story about you. But you know, a member of a Pulitzer team. Of course, we worked together at TimesPicayunanola.com. Columnist of the year four times, uh, story of the year four times by the Louisiana Sports Writers Association, uh, author of three books, Peyton and Breeze, the men who built the greatest offense in NFL history, tells from the Saints sideline and from bags to riches. Then, of course, you're a member of the Hall, Hall of Fame uh, selection committee. You know, when I read that, I always come back to this, from bags to riches. What a great title for a book. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, I have to give credit to the publisher, Trent Andrews, of Acadian House Publishing in Lafayette, because I wanted to go with revival, uh, and he thought it sounded too much like a religious metaphor or some kind of a, you know, see, he said it reminded him of like a tent out in a, in a field where they'd have a, a church revival. I said, what's wrong with that? You know, but he said for a title of a book, Jeff, go with bags of riches. And he was right. It was much better. It was much better. Hey, look, um, you know, of course I, I follow you and pay attention to what you're doing these days, but you, uh, you like to go out and run and do that. But man, you posted a, a picture showing the park literally underwater, man. The rain has just been, it hasn't hardly eased up. Has it? No. And I, I Ricky, I've, I've lived in New Orleans now for two decades, lived near Audubon Park the entire time. So that's my kind of my running path. I bet I've run that, that path a thousand times or more. I've never seen the water that high around the Tree of Life. It's a pretty significant 
uh, attraction in the park. And, uh, you know, the standing water, there's just nowhere for the water to go. The water table is so high right now. And it's probably even higher today because we had rain overnight uh, this week a, a couple nights. Yeah, un unbelievable. You've run into some famous people on those jogs along the way, haven't you? Yeah, Brian Cranston I, I ran into one night. Um, I'm um, trying to think of the uh, the band leader that was here. For, oh, Dave Matthews. Oh, yeah. I've seen, yeah. seen him in the park a couple of times when he was living here. A lot of people end up renting houses along Ottoman Park, you know, that beautiful Exposition Boulevard, those beautiful homes fronting the park. So you sometimes will see celebrities who are here either filming a movie or doing a TV show that are staying there in those those beautiful homes. Really, really interesting story, but boy, for sure, Rain, we've, we've uh, you know, you like to fish, I like to fish, and I often say to my son, Jordan, who's absolute obsessed with it, that um, we, you know, here, in, at least in Biloxi Bay, we may never see salt water for the rest of our <laughs> lives. It's been, there's been so much rain. It's been truly remarkable. Hey, look, um, we're going to shift gears now. I, I noticed that since you, since we talked last, in our last week's discussion, we 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 kind of broke the draft down, and we talked about how analysts didn't know what to make of it. Some of them gave them, you know, B minus, and some gave maybe an A minus, but they did they didn't know what to make of it. And and you you said that it really had a lot to do with where they were in uh, on you know in their where where they, where they were. I think twenty eighth. I think is that, if I remember that right in terms of right. the first the first selection. But since then, you've had an opportunity to uh, talk to Jeff Ireland. And you can remind people who Jeff Ireland is, because first of all, he is—he's a man who knows what he's doing, and his his success at the Saints is literally undeniable. And the headline for your story said, "They don't see what we're seeing." So, what are the insights you got from Jeff? Well, first of all, for people that aren't familiar with Jeff Ireland, he's basically the third member of the of the Saints Brain Trust, along with General Manager Mickey Loomis and uh, head coach Sean Payton. Sean handles the stuff on the field. Mickey Loomis runs the football operations. And Jeff Ireland, where he comes into the fold, is his background is all on scouting. He runs the college draft every year, heavily involved with overseeing the pro personnel, pro scouting. Uh, that's not Mickey Loomis's background. Most general managers in this league come from either the football side of the, the building or the business side. Mickey was brought up in Seattle on the business side of the operation. He'll be the first to tell you he's not a football personnel person, even though he's the general manager. And this is why this has been such a harmonious marriage, because each of them have really uh, significant strengths that play into the other areas that they're not as strong. And Jeff Ireland has run the draft now for seven years. And the Saints have probably, I would say, not even probably, I'd say they are the most successful drafting team in the NFL during the time that Jeff Ireland's been here. And so he went into great detail, very candid about why they selected each of the six uh, draft picks they did. There was some controversy. Some people, I think, were disappointed at some of the names. But I think once they read this Q&A with Jeff Ireland, got to see the thought process behind each pick, I think it may have given them a little more uh, encouragement about, about this draft. Yeah, you can read the, the full Q&A at, at, the athletic, at, the, at, at theathletic.com by Jeff Duncan. Um, so as you look back on that conversation, what kind of sticks out to you? Well, the, the first thing, and, and it's nothing I didn't already know, but it was reinforced. Uh, the Saints are very much a prototype team. And what I mean by that is 
they have a certain standard, both physically, mentally, emotionally, everything that they look for in a prospect, and they do not really veer off of those standards. Prototype size, weight, uh, you know, speed, uh, height, all those things in the, in the physical measurements they look for at certain prospects. They have standards, and they want players to fit within that prototype. If they don't, it's not that they won't consider them, but they are downgraded. And I think that's important for fans to know. There's a lot of fans when they start the draft nicks out there, start practicing their mock drafts and getting excited about these college stars. There's a lot of them that I know the Saints, even though they're great college players and will eventually be good pro players, the Saints really aren't going to consider them very highly because they don't fit their prototype. And it's not that they don't think they'll be good players. They're just not going to be good players for them. And I think that's important to know. Uh, They don't like short players for the most part. They don't like light players. They like big, strong, tough guys. That comes from the Bill Parcells school of football, which Jeff Ireland came from and Sean Payton came from. And so I think that was uh, emphasized in in this conversation. And they want character and they want smarts. Yes. They don't have a history of of doing well when they take a player that has character issues and, and so, to sp- so to speak, sort of a project in their private life. They've learned from their lessons, and they that, that's a high bar you have to get under on that one, isn't it? Right. I mean, that's another example. They have high character grades, maturity, intelligence, football intelligence. There's two different things there. Uh, social intelligence. They want players that are going to come to New Orleans and be passionate about football and their jobs and not be tempted to go out and, and partake in the nightlife, which is available here 24-7. This is not your average city uh, NFL market. I mean, this is like a Las Vegas kind of place. And if you're tempted to that, uh, they're, they're going to find out about it before you ever even become a member of the Saints, and they're going to steer away from, from bringing it here. Whoa, man, so many so many amazing stories over the years. I, I, I... You can, uh, to go way back to Bum Phillips, but Bum Phillips used to really enjoy a couple of beers with his players along the way, and he would keep players on the on the team, wouldn't he, Jeff? That would, oh, yeah. that would be good party partners. Hey, my my favorite draft story with with uh, Bum Phillips was, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it's certainly an urban legend that one year in the draft, when they got late in the draft, the late rounds, he traded away all their late picks. Because he and the rest of the coaching staff wanted to go out to Jefferson Downs and catch the late daily double at the track. And they didn't want to wait around and make these low round draft picks, so they traded them all away and went to the track. So many incredible stories. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Jeff Duncan from The Athletic. Also, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. We're visiting with my friend uh, Jeff Duncan, who is a writer and columnist for The Athletic. 
But, uh, you know, thinking back at that story that you were telling when we went to break about Bum Phillips um, trading away later drafts so they could they could capture, uh, you know, some some horse racing. You, you're never going to see that in Sean Payton, are you, buddy? No, Sean is, uh, man, he's got the game face on. Uh, he's a lot like he is, you know, they call him Sunday Sean around the facility because on game days he is so intense. And that's the way he is on draft weekend. Uh, he loves it. He likes to compete in anything, and he sees player procurement as a way to compete, and he gets into it. He's one of the best personnel guys I've ever met as a coach. Really has a keen understanding of personnel, and it's a very much a collaborative effort here. You read the Q&A with Jeff Ireland. I mean, he talks at length about how they have their defensive coaches evaluate the offensive prospects. They have their offensive coaches evaluate defensive prospects. I mean, there's a lot of cross scouting going on coaches heavily involved it's and that's not the case at every team in the league ricky some some teams very much have a a line of of delineation between the scouting department and the coaching department i think that leads to a lot of personal mistakes and the saints have avoided that yeah it's very interesting you know think about jeff ireland and mickey loomis and sean payton you're not going to ever see a uh, Ricky Williams type trade under these guys, or or do you? I mean, do you see a scenario they would ever do anything like that? No, I mean there'd be no way they'd give up that kind of value. Now, what I do do know is they're very aggressive, and they have such confidence in their personnel evaluations, in particular Jeff Ireland's evaluations, that they will target certain players, and I call them now. I have like a term for it. I call it SKG Saints kind of guys. I mean they have a they have a certain type of player. We've talked about it. High character, uh, you know, high motor, passionate about football, certain height, weight, and speed, uh, uh, you know, uh, in social intelligence, uh, football intelligence. And when they find those, those guys in the draft, they will go and get them. They, will, they know they're going to fit into their locker room, their culture, and they will target them and go get them in the draft. And I like that. They're very aggressive. Uh, but they're not going to do something like uh, what what Mike Dick did, set the organization back, you know, maybe even half a decade uh, trying to recover from that. Yeah, really unbelievable, and and that was pretty much the case for sure. Hey, look, um, David uh, Griffin got himself in trouble, executive <laughs> vice president of Pelicans uh, uh, basketball operations. Zion hurt his left, I guess his left ring finger, if I'm remember, remembering that right. He's out for the season. Uh, but he he uh, ended up getting fined. I think was it like fifty thousand dollars? Yes, yeah. It was. And you remember the author Robert Fulgham wrote uh, uh, everything I need to know I learned in kindergarten. Oh yeah, books. Sure. So New York Times bestsellers. He had another book called It Was on Fire When I Lay Down on It. It's a funny story about this fire department in some rural part of America, and they went. There was a second floor uh, fire. They went up there. There was a guy laying down in bed. The bed was on fire. They wrangled him out of bed and towed him off and asked him what happened. He goes, I don't know. I, the, the bed was on fire when I lay down on it. You know, and that, that's kind of analogy for like you knew you were going to get into trouble and you did it anyway. I think that is perfectly applicable to David Griffin. He knew he was going to get fined. He knew the bed was on fire when he laid down in it, but he was doing it to protect his superstar player, he's making an investment in the future to try and protect his guy. I think it was very admirable. Well, he, he blamed officiating. And yes. you don't do that in the NBA, do you? No, you get fined for it. And he knew that. 
but he's sending a message. He's trying to protect his guy. And I think plant a seed for the future with the officials that, look, this guy is going to continue to attack the rim. And that's the way Zion Williamson plays. I mean, he, he is perfectly laboratory built to exploit the modern NBA, the way he's built his ball handling skills. <clears throat> the league now is wide open. You can't hand check like he used to. You can't body uh, as a defender. So it opens up the game. And when you have a, a Mack truck like <laughs> Zion Williamson that can handle the ball, he's going to attack the basket. And there's really nothing you can do about it except maybe foul him at the basket. So he's trying to trying to send a message. So I follow the team on Instagram, and in the short time I have, we have left, just get your reaction to this. But one of the interesting things, when you see a team photo, all the guys together, you get this impression when you watch Zion play that he's nine feet tall. But when he's standing there with the other guys, he's, he's by far not the tallest guy on the team. But he plays like he's nine foot tall. He, I mean, it, he, he really, he, I don't, you can say he's built, but the reality is he's just such a unique player, isn't he? He's a unicorn. I mean, David Griffin calls him a population of one. I think that's a very good way of describing him. There's really no one else ever been like this. He's often compared to big guys like Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, Larry Johnson, but none of them were as quick as he is and as explosive as he is. And I think he's only going to continue uh, to, you know, be, be, I mean, improve as the years go on. He's just scratching the surface what he's doing right now. Uh, and that's what should be scary for Pelicans opponents and encouraging for Saints uh, Pelicans fans. This guy's only played the equivalent of one NBA season. He's already putting up historic numbers. Unbelievable. And as you and I have talked about before, we're out of time, but as we've talked about before, we got it. You know, the story on this year is we got a really good crop of young players coming along, and they'll work hard during the offseason to see what they can do to shore things up. But it's going to be fun to watch them over the next few years. Jeff Duncan from The Athletic, thank you for taking time to uh, visit with us. Anytime, Ricky. Have a great weekend, and talk to you next week. You bet, man. We'll see you next weekend. Or next week. We'll see you, and have a great weekend. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.